Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, rolling on 4 o'clock hour. Reno's in Vegas, ESPN Reno, ESPN Vegas. Justin Watkins is here with us. Willie as well. All right, so we just did one of our favorite spots. We are going to get to the trade of Riley Smith. A lot of VGK land is uh, annoyed about that. Although, you know, we've been telling you, tough decisions coming, and the man to make them for the men are George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon. They show no emotions. But I just wanted to follow up for the audience that's been with us since the 3 o'clock hour. We're getting ready for the competitive eating contest in a different sort of way this year. Uh, We're not necessarily going to have on eaters from the hot dog contest because you've been with us long enough. I don't know if you you remember some of the tirades we've gone on. That's right. I do. Do you? Yeah. Based on? Well, based on, well, Adam Hill on the rules. Yeah. (laughs) We, We believe that it's a bit exclusionary. Yeah. Because... Somehow, some way, Kobayashi has just, just been shut out of this thing. Mm-hmm. And Chestnut is the champ, but and he looks like a dominant champ that no one in the world can compete with. And we know when he first came in, Kobayashi could beat him. Right. Kobayashi eats similar numbers, but it's weird. It's it's like a it's like a fight promotion. Yep. Like if you're not part of their fight promotion, you're not in. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know people will think I'm crazy. Like, does there need to be lawsuits? Like, how do you force someone's hand? to get into an organization or get into a contest. Okay. I, mean, I guess legally you can hold a contest and then go, if you are in this contest, then you're actually signing a contract to be exclusive with us and compete only in our other contest. Sure. That's why there's so many good eaters outside of MLE, outside of the Shays organization, evil organization. Well, dun, dun, dun. we have a direct correlation. This is, this is this PGA tour, right? That's what this is. Ooh. So the only way, okay. The only way you can go about it is antitrust, and um, I don't I don't know how MLE is compared to other events available in the world outside of MLE events, and whether or not they truly have the market cornered on it, and whether or not you can be competitive financially. Yes. Outside of that, yes, if you, you can. Well, then then it doesn't matter. Then there is That's no antitrust. So then, I hate to do this. Let's do it. The savior for. We just had on Raina Wong, who's an amazing eater, more of a volume eater than a speed eater. But she just told us she's doing a five-minute hot dog eating contest coming up in San Diego. And her goal is like 20, right? So she said, ah, you know what, for 10 minutes, it's going to go down. So, I mean, then you're talking like 32, 34 maybe, right? Yeah. Mickey Sudo usually wins in the 40s. So, like, she should be in the contest. Uh, we're having a lady on, Miley Schuyler, who is unbelievable. I think she's the best eater in the world, right? Better than Mickey Sudo. Sorry, I go crazy on this stuff. We're having Molly on Friday. Well, Molly's already done a 10-minute contest this year where she did 53 and a half. Okay. So is my, does my, do I – every time I need more competition and to break the evil giant, do I have to now call in the Saudis? Well, I mean, We have to have a Saudi eating league. It only matters if there is an evil giant, right? I mean, go back to the, to the old MMA days before UFC really took off. Right. There was constant debate about who the true champion was and whether or not, you know, it was Fedor or, you know, somebody else in the UFC or Strike Force or over in Japan or where where the hell the best heavyweight was in the world. And that's the place you're at with with, you know, professional eating right now is you have all these different organizations, all these different people, and they're all competitive financially against each other. And frankly, that's what you want. 
right? If you are about competition and capitalism, that's what you want. When it gets all con condensed down and consolidated down to one organization controls all, that's not what you want. Because then what happens? The organization has the ultimate control. It is, you are a pro-labor guy. You're a pro-workforce guy. Right. The big, co it, this competition is good for the workers, bad for, not bad, not as good for the companies. Good when they point. get consolidated down to one company, that's great for the company, terrible for the workers. I'm fighting against my own interest, Willie. Yep. I'm fighting against my own interest. But I do believe the best should be in this competition. Do an Invitational. The Steve Cofield Invitational. I know. I need the money, right? I need in Vegas. Me. In Vegas. In Vegas. You got access the to the Battle Battleborn whoa, whoa. Food <laughs> Invitational. <laughs> I don't think we got these guys involved yet. I don't think I, I have did. that kind of or, scratch. Or, or ever. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. It takes money. I'll get some outside investors to help out, but we, why not call it the Battleborn Food Invitational? Yeah. We'll get some other backers. Justin well, brings up Justin brings up a good point though, because I don't know what kind of money MLE and ESPN, because they do have a partnership with ESPN. Like what kind of money they put into this? Um, I don't know. My my, I was reading stuff the other day about the. I get too crazy on this, but the all there's some alternates, right? The alternates have to pay their own way to the contest, and they may not be in. But they have to pay their own way. What about what about a World Series of eating in oh. Vegas where they pay in and winner takes all? They're betting against each other, Ooh. or betting on themselves. I mean, yeah, could get interesting. Come on, yeah. I wonder. I wonder about Steve. the money thing. I, I really because I think that I think those other two ladies I mentioned make more money, but a lot of it is what they do on social media. Sure, their social media videos and presence is amazing. So. We all good for today on competitive eating? Well, then the World Series of Eating works, right? Because then I they love they, the idea. They're, then they're going to make more money just on the on the sponsorship it. by by running their social media mm -hmm. in Vegas. I might be banned from ever talking to a, a official MLE or again. I may have just blown the whole relationship <laughs> with Chestnut. He may not come on. Might be over. You notice we haven't had we haven't had Georgia Rich Shea on in like five years, and that's not they're doing. I'm 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 subtly you, I'm could, subtly fighting the fight. If you could just get Chestnut and Kobayashi, then the whole, all the rest of the dominoes would fall into Why, place. That the Saudis could do that, yeah, right? Just break, here, yeah. yeah, here you go. I mean, what do you what do you have to I mean honestly? What what these guys make? What do you think Chestnut makes? A million a little, I you think? Yeah. Okay. Well, then whatever. This I mean, the Saudis just like well, they just piss away with all the golfers, <laughs> yeah. right? Hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions. They could do it. For sure, but then, but then they're sports watching, and then they're in my in a sport that I love. So I'm, then you're out. I'm screwed. I don't know what to do. Quick, There's always some cause. I just argue just watch and enjoy, right? Just watch and enjoy. <laughs> yeah. All right, Willie, you look sad. Is it Riley Smith? No, <laughs> definitely not. It's definitely. Not. All right. I mean, you are you're you're a pretty good fan. Yep. And but you're also logical, and you know these guys. You know these fellas, McPhee and McCrimmon. So Riley Smith out. I mean, the direct result would be Barbie back. I mean, it already happened. They already, like they already announced it. Yeah, right? right. Five years of five mil. Um, I I don't know these guys. Like they don't know. They don't. I mean, I know who they are. They don't know who I am. Let's just oh, get know. that straight. No, I'm I'm positive they don't. Um, but I'll say this. You know, like I said this at the time when they traded some of the players that I loved. Like Alex Tuck was a tough pill for me to swallow. I had you know his jersey. I really liked him. But I never doubt that this organization is trying to do everything possible to win. Um, and they don't, they don't hold on to loyalties too long. You know, they, I think everybody now knows their reputation. Hey, if you don't help us win, 
if we don't think you help us win, then we're going to go some other way. Everybody knows that when they sign that contract now. Everybody, from coaches on down. Now, does it suck to lose Riley Smith? Yes. But do I do I think that this ultimately is going to be considered a positive move? move? I do. I do, be- too. Because, number one, they got Barbashev under market. If you've been listening to the national radio, they're considering him the number one free agent this year because the free agent class is thin. They're considering him the number one yeah, free agent. Yeah, we just saw multiple guys sign for eight and a half million dollars yeah. a year. Yeah. Well, Over like, but yeah. like Pierre Luc Dubois was not a free agent. That was a sign. Was a, that was a okay. trade was sign. A trade. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, but free agent, they're considering him the number one guy, wow. either number one or number two. They're saying it's somewhere between the six and eight million dollar range that the market would bear, because it's his numbers would be somewhat inflated because there's not that much talent available. He's got two cups. He's shown that he can make a run in the playoffs, both of those cup runs. There's some inconsistency during the regular season, but if you need a guy in the playoffs who can throw some nastiness, some sandpaper into the game and your top six, there's not that many players that can do it, and he's one of them, and he's proven it twice. And so, you know, a lot of the national media is talking about Barbashev's going to get paid. He's going to get somewhere north of six. And for us to get him at five, for five years, when he's done with his contract, he'll only be 32. Riley Smith's 32 right now right. with two more years left at $5 million. I love Riley Smith. I particularly love his, his um, chemistry with Carlson and the 200-foot game that those two can play together uh, and, and synchronize that, that penalty kill into a power kill. But ultimately, do I think that this is a positive move for next year and particularly the following years after that? I do. I, I don't think they would have resigned Riley Smith past the ex- existing contract. Right. And the very first thing you said is we've seen this team not necessarily like loyalty be their thing. Yeah. Uh, time out. Last year at this time, he was the last guy they locked up because they were trying to lock up other things. They said, we got you. We got you. And they were loyal to him. Yep. And they won a Stanley Cup. He got his cup. Yep. So it's time to move on. So in a sense, they've been loyal to Riley Smith because we've heard his name brought up. We heard we've heard William Carlson's name brought up in multiple years. Uh, so okay, who's expendable? Who's going? Right. It's William Carlson. It's Riley Smith's name. <clears throat> so they were loyal to him last summer. They got the cup. It's time to move on. I agree with you on everything you said. We said it earlier um, in terms of what Barbashev brings for five years as opposed to what Smith would bring for two. The one thing that they lose, but this is still a such a, I mean, from the, the blue line to the forwards is the intelligence. And Gerard, and ever since Gerard Glint said this in the first two, three months of the season in the inaugural season, to me during a one-on-one, is that the smartest guy on the team was Riley Smith, the, the highest IQ that he had. And that's why, remember, they were the number one line. It was him, Marchessault, and Carlson. Marchessault, you know, Carlson was having that banner year, but he had talked about Smith's IQ. So every year I'd ask Peter DeBoer, and then I asked Bruce Cassie. Same thing about Riley Smith. Um, but with the roster that you've assembled for that sixth year of Stanley Cup season, there's a lot of IQ on that roster mm-hmm. now. So they can afford to let that go. Um, now it's a matter of putting everything together. They feel as if, They've they've made the big move to lock up, as you said. What I find impressive, Justin, is guys 
are being able to sign on this team undervalued because they want to be here. And that's a credit to McPhee and always saying, I'm bringing in character guys for the locker room. Guys that are signing with the Golden Knights is because they want to be here. They're going to have to, other teams are going to have to pay a lot more. And it's it, beyond Barbie. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's generally right. And it, by all the rumor mill on the national stage, it was Barbie was not that guy. He was not going to take a hometown discount. Like he got his second cup and he was going to cash in. I heard just this morning, I was listening to NHL radio and they were um, speculating that he was going to go to Vancouver. There's been a ton of talk about Barbashev on national media that he was going to go to Vancouver because they were going to be the ones who were going to be willing to do something crazy like eight years and seven and a half mil or something along those lines. So I didn't think he was going to be the one who was going to, who was going to give the discount, um, you know, but. I think he did. I think he left money on the table to stay here. All right. So what's Vancouver's excuse? Because they're gonna everyone's got one. Well, his free agency is not even open yet. Well, but yeah. VGK. Oh, they're handed everything. They're just handed everything. Oh well. Come I on. Mean, come well, on. I know what their excuse is gonna be. It's every Canadian team's excuse. Taxes are lower. It's a no tax day. They're playing with one hand behind, tied behind their back in Canada with these super high tax rates, and they got don't have the best weather. They don't have the best tax structure. Uh, and and in particular, Nevada, Texas, and Florida don't have any taxes at all, and it makes them more competitive. That's been that's so been the is, conversation since we won the. Is cup. there some sort of plea to the Canadian government for, you know, a hockey exemption? It, there is. Okay, there actually, let's is. build off of this. We'll take a time out. I want to hear about this hockey exemption because I'm tired of hearing Canadian fans or Canada fans, fans in Canada, complaining about all this. Enough. Get us up on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. So we now know who gave Connor McDavid a fifth place vote for the Hart Trophy. It was a writer from Pittsburgh, and maybe there's a little bit of context behind why he gave Connor McDavid a fifth place vote. He may have been a little chapped when Connor McDavid put up a four point night against the Penguins on February 23rd. Like Bob Stoffer said, everyone is entitled to their opinion. But like, you couldn't even give him a second place vote. It had to be a fifth. <laughs> It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, I'm not getting worked up about this for a second straight day. Because it is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of. That we've got fans in Edmonton sweating the fact that Connor McDavid... Shaky character, whiny Canadian, Connor McDavid, playing with a player as good or better next to him, didn't get all 8 million votes for the Hart Trophy. One guy said, you know what? I don't think he's the MVP. Are we serious? We're going to keep doing this. By the way, that was a TikTok Oilers fan. We appreciate the audio. Can we please stop with this? We had we had multiple media members in Vegas say the guy's vote should be taken away. Do you understand the slippery slope we go on if we do that? Let's here's what we're now it's not gonna matter this year, but in my opinion, last year, a guy who pitches and hits without question is the AL MVP. Without question, you vote for Aaron Judge. You should not have a vote. You're a moron. That's absurd. And that's why last year I didn't call for people to lose their vote who voted for Aaron Judge. Yeah. We, we, like we're having, 
like these I, arguments were unquestionably no one else was even close to Connor McDavid in the regular season. That is stupid. It's an MVP award. Yeah. Well, as I, I will. Yeah. I, I last thing in the world I want to do is defend any sort of Oiler fans about crying about getting 195 first place votes out of the 196 possible votes and making this a thing as if history is going to remember whether or not he got 196 out of 196 i don't i don't really care i will point out though the funny part about about this particular writer is he's got a history of doing this last year austin matthews won and connor mcdavid was second and he kept them both off his ballot completely that's right and so like it if if i'm the ones who making the decision on who gets ballots and who doesn't um, and and who I want to be part of the process. I don't want my process being used as a leverage tool for publicity or public stunts or anything like that. I mean, he got selected for a reason, right? That presumably because he knows hockey and he's going to make the best decision for what the trophy's about. Not so he's making the best decision for him. Let's remember, you don't have a right to have a vote, right? There's 196 people that have been selected to make this vote. And so I feel like at this point over the last two years, you're probably getting pretty close to abusing that right. And if I were the one who was in charge of making that selection, I would be asking him some questions. I wouldn't just go, you know, I wouldn't just take it, but I would ask, explain these votes to me. He explained Tell it to me in a 10-minute conversation okay. on the phone. Hello. How'd it go? Both of them. Hello. He's a friend of mine. Okay. Not a friend, but, but he's, a, he's a colleague. You didn't talk about okay. last year. Last year? He brought it up. Okay. He brought it up. What does he say? So, Well, last year wasn't the – here's what I told him. I said, listen, Seth. We were on the radio. It came up yesterday. We both defend you. My co-host was more, more. I mean, he was huh? yelling about it. I mean, I love defending. I, I love your hockey. Vote. I love I hockey. It. I said, but here's the thing. I don't have a problem with you not putting Connor McDavid. I mean, it's it's weird. There's a hundred. I said, you know, roughly two hundred. Only one of us in the PHWA. I voted for Connor McDavid. By the way, sure. I'm one of the one ninety six. You're the only one that didn't. I said on the air point blank, and I'm telling you in your ear, I have no problem with that. What I do have a curious, I have an inquiry about, why fifth? Right. How did you come up with fifth? And he broke it down. He said, I looked at every one of the players that, if you look at them on the, and first of all, do I think, Con this is him, this is Seth talking to me. Yeah. Do I think that Connor McDavid is the best player in the world? Hands down, no doubt about it. But that's not what the ballot says. The specific wording on the ballot, Willie, you read it. You're a voter, is what he's telling me. Said most valuable player to his team. Not in the league, not in scoring, not in goals, not in stats. Most valuable player to his team. David Pasternak for the Boston Bruins, he felt was. Look at Robertson for the Dallas Stars. Who stepped up for that team this year with Peter in the first year under Peter DeBoer? Elias Sororkin for the Islanders. He was like, he strong-armed that team to the finish line to get into the postseason. Matthew Kachuk, all we've heard about the Florida Panthers was how great they were. And Sergei Bobrovsky, yes, that's great. But why did that team make it to the postseason alone? And, and we're not supposed to consider the postseason. Right. But all we talked about was Kachuk. But it was also the dynamic of what that team, what that dude meant to that team. I get it. Connor McDavid means a lot, but he, what he was saying is, I felt that those guys meant more to their teams this year with what they accomplished and what they were able to get done. 
And that's his explanation. He has that right. He should not be questioned over. He has a legitimate opinion, whether we agree with it or not. There really is no right or wrong in this case because it's an opinion on who you feel is the most valuable player to his team. He doesn't have a right. There's no rights. He doesn't have a right to be one of the one of the voters. But by no, whom? You have, no, you have a right to your opinion. I know, right? But he doesn't. He doesn't have a right to a vote. Right. So no, none of us do. Right. Exactly. Right. right. You are chosen. And so I if you are chosen, I think it is fair to ask for an explanation if you think something's up. And if he's got his explanation and, and that is acceptable to the people who make the choice as to who those voters are. Right. Then cool. That's all I'm saying. Right. Like if he's doing it as some sort of political stunt no, to, 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 to take a to make a statement. Well, then I would have a problem with that if. If he's just so way off base in his assessment that you think this guy's not qualified right. to make those calls, then again, he doesn't have a right to the vote. You 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 peel back the vote. Um, I mean, I I hear what he's saying, but I would just say the counter to that would be pull all those players off of each one of those teams, and which team's going to suffer the most? The Oilers. I don't no, think so. No way. I don't think so. Leon Dreisaitl is not carrying, and, and the, Evander you, Kane are not carrying carrying the oilers they're not justin yeah. but you you that's not what you said right what you said was which team's going to fall off the most it's yeah. not going to be the oilers 100 percent it's going to be the oilers wrong the in my opinion it's not if you, if you take your working off the islanders they're they're going to fall off you take kachuk off the panthers yeah they're not making it to, they may not make it to the postseason let alone the stanley they Cup only made it to the postseason by a point they went on a miracle run in the place if, if because we of look, kachuk but not nah, but you can't consider that regular season Yes. Regular season. Right. They made it by a point, right? So let's say they got 92 points. You take Kachuk off that team. How many points do they fall, right? You take the Oilers, 110 points, and take Connor McDavid off. Who's falling more points? The Oilers. You can only fall so many points. Well, yeah, because they have that yeah. many more points they can afford, but that doesn't mean they're not making the postseason. Right. But they were the what? I think it means, I think it does mean they're not yeah, making the postseason. I don't know. And don't, don't forget, they were the Western Conference favorites on across the board across all media yeah inside and outside of vegas across all media not to start the season no no at the start of the, playoffs. the, start of the playoffs yeah yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah so that's how powerful and what kind of run they were on at the end of the season right and then don't forget that's all conserving him to some extent where he's not penalty killing which he does in the playoffs and now he ramps up his minutes to 24 to 28 minutes right you know so i i, I don't i don't care well, long, here, but my, my whole point was yeah. I would ask the question it, two years in a row where you are the lone person who interprets it so differently than the other 196. I just want to know why. Okay. And I think it's fair to ask. Well, we deal with this all the time. Yeah. On this show. Yeah. Right. Do we not have an outlier person on the show all the time? Sure. Adam okay. Hill. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just, I want to go back to the beginning of banning votes. I don't approve of that. Banning so, votes or taking away votes. I don't. Well, I don't like that. Well, you, don't you want qualified people voting? Of course, he's qualified. So, well, he gave, I don't, he gave the whole argument. Well, you got to ask the question to find out if he's qualified. Right. And so right, I think, right, and right now he's not doing any appearances because most people are just going to bring him on and scream at him. And I, let me just say, let me just interject well, real you quick. Stand please. up to your vote, though. Listen, let me just interject. When I took over doing <laughs> some PR and 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 social media for the PHWA. He was the guy I took it over from. And ever since then, whenever I've needed anything beyond that, yeah. and I reach out to this dude, this dude is arguably the most respected beat writer in a, in a historic 
Stanley Cup town of Pittsburgh. Beyond reproach. He 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 is a respectable, hot, he is a knowledgeable guy. He and I can tell you that his humbleness just I follow this dude on Twitter. We've talked many times. I read his stuff. He's one of the few. Uh, you you listen, you've said it on the show. You listen to NHL radio more than any of us. This is a dude that I respect as a beat writer. He has his reasons and he has he doesn't have a problem talking to it, but he also isn't going to he's not going to placate to idiots and trolls. But he got on the phone and talked to me today. And he told me what his reason. I said, I just want to relay it on the air. He said, there it is. And I appreciate it. I don't even know why I'm getting into debate with Justin. I voted for Dan- Connor McDavid. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and all I'm saying is that you'd have the right to ask the question. Like, uh, revoking votes, I'm okay with. You gave it to him in the first place. You have a right to give. You have the right to take. I mean, there's right. nobody's entitled to a vote. Slippery slope. It's not a slippery I slope. Might, I might not like your explanation the, on something in the future. How the slope start in the first place? Who decided who these 196 people were? Are they the most qualified 196 people in the world? Maybe we need to investigate the PHWA and who's given these votes out. That's right. And break this whole system, just like the competitive eating system. That's right. We're going to start a new system. We got to force change. That's it. We're change agents today. Viva la revolution on a lot of fronts. (laughs) Important stuff. Uh, We've got two tickets to give away right now. It's uh, win them before you can buy them. Well, actually, you can buy them now. Uh, no, check that. It's Thursday. Um, today's Wednesday. So tomorrow at 10 a.m., tickets go on sale for Alice in Chains. You can win two tickets right now. It's an October 10th show. Planet Hollywood. They go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Ticketmaster.com. Alice in Chains, October 10th, 364-1100. Caller 7. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, last couple of minutes with Justin Watkins, our legal insider, former public servant. 766-1400 is the number here at Battleborn. Injury lawyers, offices in Reno, in Henderson, in Las Vegas. Found a, a good clip from Julian Edelman on some podcast. And apparently they got a hold of a, a quick video with a Dolphin fan saying that he thinks that Edelman has a punchable face. Let's play this audio. I saw that meme from that, that Dolphins fan. I got the most punchable face. Most punchable face, Julian Edelman. I know he's retired, bro, but f- that guy for sure. Why don't you come see me? <laughs> okay, why don't you come see me? I got the most punchable face in here. What, what street are we on? Canal Street, New York, New York. Yeah. So when you watch the video, I couldn't tell if he was actually worked up or if it was a bit. And then my thought was the guy on the, the video, the Dolphins fan, was a pretty decent sized guy and probably 15 years younger than Edelman. What if the guy was like, okay, let's meet up? So we've talked about this before. I forget because I know you and Adam Hill love talking about this like mutual combat thing. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Right. Yeah. So legally, how is Edelman protected? Well, let's 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 start with the idea that you cannot consent to battle with somebody in public, right? Outside of a sanctioned sports event. Every state. Every state. I thought there were some rogue states where they're like, "Yeah, Mm -hmm. go ahead and fight in the streets." Yeah, probably. There probably (laughs) is. You. I think you probably still duel in Nevada with guns. I don't know. But but generally speaking, you cannot consent to an illegal act, and the illegal act is fighting. Okay, unsanctioned fighting is an illegal act in the state of Nevada, and, and I'm positive is it, it is in New York as well. So let's start with that that premise. But let's say he didn't say this. But what if Edelman had said, "Come on down here and punch me in the face, and let's see what happens." Right? 
I would argue if I'm the other guy's attorney that I didn't agree to combat. I didn't agree to anything illegal. It's not assault if it's consented to. He asked me to punch him in the face, so I did. The fact that he punched me back is illegal. He should not have done that, <laughs> and that was assault. I did not consent to be even punched back. He asked me to punch him, so I think there, it, it, but it's not what Edelman said. He didn't say that. He, st he stopped just short of saying, come on down here and punch me in the face. He said, come on down here, let's, you know, let's. He said, come see me. Come see me, which I think is an invitation to, to go in, a, into a fight. But again, they're both in trouble in that situation, not just the first one to throw. I find Julian Edelman really annoying. Me too. Um, if he's ever welcomed into the Raiders organization because of Tom Brady, I will have a conniption. Um, but that all said, that's the way he played. He was a really annoying player on the field because he's, he's a 5'11 dude who's got a lot of ability, but overachieved. Now he got lucky that he paired up with Tom Brady. He might've been a 30 catch guy for four years in the NFL without TB 12, but that's kind of like his energy. Mm -hmm. Because I remember like, it seemed like half the plays when he caught a ball and got tackled, he got up and he's like, throwing the ball to get like, it's tackle football. You can't get mad when people are hitting you, but that's, that's kind of his energy. So I got to close on this. We got a minute left last week. You were in Reno or two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Okay. Did you go to the rodeo? No, what? I want to go to the rodeo. I couldn't, I was up there for other ah, reasons. It was the work stuff. I know. I know. All right. How'd it go? Did you have yeah, a, everything's outside good. of work? Everything we a, was good. We had a good legislative session, just uh, talking and celebrating some of the victories we got game planning for some of the losses. You don't win them all. You got to come back on the losses and, and be ready to go in, in two years and try to plan for some different candidates where you feel like better people would be positioned to do a better job in Carson city. So oh, that's what we're so doing. This is sort of a politically motivated meetup. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah, I, I thought you were going. But I would have much rather been at the Reno Rodeo, which yeah. is an awesome event. That's what I figured you were going for. You were going to do some hobnobbing and enjoy Reno. Yep. Um, don't say it down here, but you know you enjoy the city. I enjoy the city at times. I do too. Okay. But I mean, we're on in Reno too, so you know. Yeah. I rivalry, love it rivalry during this hour. Be damned. Did you pick anyone's brain? Oakland Ace talk and chatter. Up oh man, you know it's over. It's done. It's over. Everyone chill out. This, this is done. Everyone chill out. We got to we got to get hooked up with Jaeger at some point because the morning show was all over him. They're playing a promo. Like, give him a call. Get him on the air. Justin, thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right. Rolling on. Cofield and Company, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Willie is here. That was a good spirited discussion. We had about 20 other things we were going to discuss with Justin Watkins, but uh, that MVP, that Hart Trophy discussion with, over Connor McDavid not getting one of the first place votes has just turned into a major topic. It's crazy. It dawned on me mid that I, I was like, why am I debating this with Justin? I voted for Connor McDavid. It got me. I was more or less. I wasn't even debating Justin. I was just defending Seth. And and here's the thing. He's right. You, We all have a right to question what I told Seth, point blank on the phone. I'm not questioning that you didn't vote him one. I'm questioning why you voted him five. And Seth sat there and he explained everything. And, you know, and it was very calm, very rational, not defensive, anything. It's just the way that he is. And, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it for the fact that, you know, and he called back and left me a voicemail. So, of course, where was I? on the elliptical and he just said hey willie sorry mr call as you can imagine had tons of calls yesterday tons of requests yeah. i'm not doing any media but if you want to call back i'm at the draft i'd be glad to get you know get on phone and 
explain whatever you want. So let's get into something cool that's going on in Reno. And really, it's a nationwide effort uh, with USA Football. And Mike Olick Sr. is with Steve and Willie here in Las Vegas. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys doing? We're good. You know, believe it or not, we have become such a big hockey market. I, I saw that you guys on uh, Gojo on uh, DraftKings were talking about the slow time of year. The Golden Knights and personnel moves in the Stanley Cup has floated us for like six weeks here. It is crazy that Vegas is a hockey town now. Isn't it amazing? I mean, what Vegas has turned into, listen, I've always loved Vegas because I love the gambling. I love what was there, but it is so amazing how after going through my career in the NFL, all the pro sports, how, how Vegas and gambling was taboo. And now all of a sudden, when there's money to be had, it's all of a sudden pretty cool, you know. <laughs> and yeah. not, not only, you know, they're, 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 you know, legalizing it all and putting it above, above the table, but, but now the, the franchises are coming there. Now baseball is going to come there as well. I think it's just awesome. It wasn't that long ago, remember, when Tony Romo was told by the NFL you can't go to a fantasy football draft because it's yep. in Vegas. And now look where we are. And what the Golden Knights are doing has just been incredible. What, six years in the league, two trips to the finals, one Stanley Cup, five of the six years in the playoffs. So it's very, very cool. Once again, speaking with Mike Golick Sr., and we're going to talk about USA football in a moment. But I'm curious, Mike, because it, it, not only the Tony Romo issue, but if you remember, there was a time not too long ago that the Super Bowl, the commercials, Las Vegas wasn't even allowed to advertise its slogan, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It was back then in the Convention Visitor Authority. They weren't allowed to advertise. I'm wondering if you can remember back as an Eagle what you thought of, of when you thought of Las Vegas back then, like because then it was only UNLV running Rebel basketball, uh, you know, for the most part. But what, what were your thoughts of Las Vegas? Could you have ever imagined what it's grown into? And what were your thoughts back then about this town? Well, listen, me and my wife always like to go hang out in Vegas, like I said, and gamble. So we love that. But from a sports standpoint, the word I'll use is taboo. I mean, it was, it was taboo. I mean, you just you didn't you know, think about anything from a sports side of it. And listen, we all know that professional athletes still can't, can't gamble on things, and we see some NFL players who have gotten in trouble with that. But, you know, now that the NFL and other sports have learned, you know, how to monetize and said, oh, man, there's a whole bunch of money in this. It's amazing how quickly the tune changes. I, I remember when, when the Raiders were going to go to Vegas, when I was doing a show, everybody was like, oh, man, those players are always going to be in the casinos. And, wow, you know, what a horrible situation. And I'm like, they're human beings. Their job is to play football. They're going to live out in the suburbs. I mean, to think that they're all going to become like degenerates, it's, it's just ridiculous thinking. Mike, can I tell you, uh, your show had on Sal Pal uh, when the Raiders were announced to come to Vegas, and we played that bike because Sal Pal came on with you guys and was flipping out about all the problems. And what you just said a couple of seconds ago was your exact reaction. You're like, Sal, what are you talking about? I, rem I remember how strongly you defended Vegas. Well, it's, it's crazy. I mean, to think, oh, yeah, these guys are now professional football players, but because they're going to go to Vegas, they're going to live on the strip. They're going to be up till four o'clock every morning. They're going to be gambling. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be bugged by professional gamblers and throw games. And I mean, it's it's just nuts to think that that was going to happen. I mean, and because you were in Vegas, that kind of stuff was happening, you know, anywhere that that 
players because there are players who have gambled before, but, but everybody thought, oh, my God, because it's in Vegas, it's going to be like this massive 100% thing that everybody's going to be involved in. I, 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 it was laughable to me to think that, like I said, that everybody was all of a sudden going to become a degenerate just because they landed in Vegas. It's just stupid. That's the voice of Mike Golick Sr. here on Cofield and Company. All right, so we got a big event going on at uh, Spanish Springs High School in Sparks in northern Nevada. We're on up there right now. Uh, it's on Saturday, July 15th. It's 8.30 in the morning until just after noon. So it's uh, presented by USA Football. You're part of USA Football. So talk about your role and really the goal of the organization. Well, I'm on, I'm on the board because, I mean, I, I and my wife's been involved between USA Football and Pop Warner. Uh, you know, we're, we're obviously huge advocates of football and especially uh, youth football. And we know the issues they've gone through from years ago when the NFL was going through the concussion issues. Uh, it was putting the fear of God into parents, uh, having their kids play football. And, and it's been a while since then, uh, since that, I think USA football has absolutely been on the cutting edge of saying, okay, we can't do things the way we used to do. You know, you can't, we can't be coaching our 10 year olds. You know, the Oklahoma drill and all these tough, tough guy drills. You know, let's let's teach them football and let's be a little safer when they're a little younger. So, you know, football used to be either flag football or tackle football. USA Football has done such a great job develop, developing, you know, padded flag football. Non, you know, you could be in pads and then not tackle football. So there are different levels because as a parent, and again, this is what you're trying to do is get parents to buy in to let their kids play, it was either flag or tackle. And you guys know when kids are 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, there's a big disparity in the athletic ability. So parents can be afraid where their kid may go in. Now USA Football has developed different levels to where you can start your child. And these these uh, football blitz events are fantastic, because, and, and they're free. And, you know, it, it's uh, places where you can go. It's Youth football clinics for both boys and girls, giveaways, activities for kids and the family. So it's just, it's just getting them in front of USA football and how USA football does their business. Any information you want, you just go to usafootball.com. The best thing about it, guys, for with, with USA football is it's one thing to have the, the, the young men and women play the game. You have to have buy-in with the coaches. They have to buy into how we're teaching the game now. It's always going to be a, a tough game, and there's always going to be a physical game, but how the, the, the kids learn it can be different, and these coaches have to buy into it, and they have to be certified. And USA Football is certified in their time over a million coaches. They have giveaways. They've awarded $750,000 in new football equipment to more than 1,000 youth sports organizations since this past spring. So, we're really trying to make the game say, okay, we're going to learn fundamentals while still playing football. You can start at different levels. Coaches have to be certified. So that's what I urge parents to do is if you want your kid to play, find a USA football near you that certifies their coaches and understand just where USA football is taking USA football. And, again, it's usafootball.com where you can get all the information. And events like this one in, in Reno – uh, as you mentioned, at Spanish Springs High School on July 15th, it's a great way to kind of learn more about how USA football goes about their business. 
Mike Golick Sr. is up on Cofield and Company. So your Gojo show at DraftKings, I got a kick out of the rundown today, and I wanted to hit on a couple of things with you. Uh, first of all, Travis Kelsey calling podcasting the hardest job in the world, and I guess he's maybe he's referencing what goes on during the summer. I actually, as a radio person, and I'm sure you appreciate this too, I actually like Travis Kelsey saying that because I don't think a lot of people realize what goes into doing a podcast or a radio show and coming up with the topics. Well, I mean, there are yeah a lot of people that are like, oh man, these guys get to talk sports. How easy can that be? It's like, well, we got to do it for one, two, three, and for twenty some years, I did it for four hours. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, now now try and do it. You know, yeah, is it fun to do? Yes. Is it? Is, could it be hard to do? Yes. Is it the hardest thing I ever had? I didn't even know. It's, it's not. And I think the part, I think the part that Travis left out was. It's the hardest thing. Podcasting is the hardest thing to do when the NBA and NHL finals are over and up until NFL training camp starts. That's when it's hard. As you guys know, that, that's when we all start doing, well, who's on the Mount Rushmore of this or who's on the Mount Rushmore of that? Or you create your list or you get callers calling in. You know, you, you try and fill that gap of a month, month and a half where there is not a lot of stuff going on. You really kind of have to make things up a little bit or really be inventive until training camp starts. Then you breathe a sigh of relief and say, okay, football's going. We're good. So you guys prepped a great topic today, though, and that was, and I want to ask you your recollection of it and where you were this night, but uh, June 28th, 1998, you guys were talking about the anniversary of the uh, Tyson-Holyfield 2 bite fight. What did you guys talk about and what do you remember about that night? Where were you? So I was, that was in June of 98, as you said, in October of 98 is when I moved to Connecticut and started the morning show, not with Greeny. When I first started the ESPN National Morning Show, it was with Tony Bruno. But that was in October of 98. So in June, I was still in Phoenix while I was doing college games, you know, during that time, not that particular time, it was June. I was working for ESPN. I was doing local radio in Phoenix, Arizona. So that's where I was. I was doing an everyday morning show when that happened. So obviously that was just a monster topic. And, you know, we, we talked about Tyson, and as you guys well know, early in Tyson's career, you watched him to see if he was going to kill somebody within the first minute of the, of, the, of the bout. And later in his career, you bought the pay-per-view wondering what crazy thing he was going to do, like bite somebody's ear off. So, I mean, he was always somebody who was watchable, but always somebody I was scared to death of. Even now, you see this guy train now in his 50s. He's still, I, I, I wouldn't even yeah. think about stepping in the ring with him. But that was so bizarre. And so, while it was Tyson, and we knew he was, you know, out there a little bit, never saw that one coming. And I'm sure Evander Holyfield didn't either when you're in a clinch and all of a sudden you're missing part of your ear. Mike Golick Sr., we appreciate it. Mike's part of USA Football on this USAfootball.com event. Go up there, sign up, get your kids involved. It's in the Reno area. Mike, we appreciate it so much. Thank you. You got it, guys. Okay, we'll see you. So the Raiders, in conjunction with the Reno Blitz, they've got a uh, – it's a free event. It's called the Blitz. Um, it's Saturday, a couple of Saturdays from now, Willie, July 15th, 8.30 to just afternoon, 12.15, Spanish Springs High School. That's in Sparks. And again, you can sign up at usafootball.com, usafootball.com. And I didn't mean to cut off Mike abruptly there, but we were up against it. So, uh, yeah, I, I want to, he should. Yeah. I want to under, uh, I want to 
expand on the the Holyfield Tyson to bite fight because I want to know where you are. I don't think we've ever talked about this. I know where I was. I have stories, um, but Mike is right. Sports radio at that time, and really just this columnist and sports fans and media in general were like, "What the hell just happened? Like we'd never seen anything like a guy ripping a guy's ear to shreds." 